And I'm Richard Bimmer. And welcome to episode 12 of Rolling Release, our weekly podcast about the perpetual improvement of Linux. How are you doing this week, Richard? Pretty good. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, it was an okay Other Linux. than some problems other, before other than this. some show, technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Linux AV. But, you know, we're, we're here now. We're streaming. And, uh, yeah, it was an okay week for Linux news. Not a whole lot of super exciting stuff happening, but there were a decent number of stories, at least. Uh, we were yeah. not hurting for articles like we have been in some prior weeks. So, Richard, we're going to jump right into it. And here is our first story, Firefox 55 upgrade that we talked about last week, finally uh, rolling out on Ubuntu this week. Uh, you want to talk about this? Yeah, I feel like I should definitely talk about this since I'm running Kubuntu and KDE. Right. And um, this was definitely something I kind of wanted to see after we talked about it last week. I wanted to really actually test 55. So I am running 55 right now. But um, basically... It took a little longer, they said, because there was a last-minute point release, and um, it rolled out on a 1604 and 1704, as well as, I think, a few others, but they don't mention them specifically now. I don't know I'm if there was even a few others, though, no. because... Uh, yeah, I've like, been using 1704, so that's really all I know about. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, what's pretty cool is you don't need to add PPAs or anything. It will just come in the standard update, and I actually oh, yeah. got it today really easily. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Basically, one of the funny things, they actually finally updated the Ubuntu modifications add-on, which I was yeah. joking about last week. So we talked about this was... add-on, and what this add-on has been doing, it's been coming bundled with Ubuntu, but it's been disabling Firefox's multi-process feature, just the fact that it's installed. Yeah. And so also, like, it had not been updated since, like, 2013, right, was it we which, saw last week? Which, the, which is why the new multi-process feature had been developed, but then you need to add a flag to it if you're developing a plugin that says this plugin will work with multi-process. Obviously, since the Ubuntu modifications add-on wasn't updated it was blocking multi-process from happening on any Ubuntu computer with Firefox which was affecting a lot of people and making Firefox a lot yeah. slower that's why it's a big deal this is being updated that kind of makes it kind of makes the using the whole version effectively pointless so I see why they yeah. finally like okay I guess so we what's have the, to actually what's update this, it now what's this plugin do? so basically as far as I get the article mentions the three things it does so I at mm-hmm. least learn these things because According prior to that, I had no idea what this thing was doing, and I actually disabled it. But it adds apparently bookmark links to the Ubuntu websites and documentation. Which I don't know why they didn't add on for that. You yeah. could just that's like an extra, yeah. it's bookmark files, but you know. I feel like you're right. It would just be a file that would yeah. do that. Like just copy those in with a distro. And also, then it basically makes the default search engine have to be the Ubuntu branded Google one, and yeah. adds a restart prompt after an update is installed. Of those three things. That, the restart prompt after update is installed is actually kind of nice. I right. think I did actually see it once. Which I didn't realize that was. Yeah, I didn't realize that was an Ubuntu thing. But now that I think about it, I've never seen that like when I'm not on Ubuntu. But I've seen the restart prompt. I didn't realize that was part of an add-on. Now um, the default search page once again like that's a configuration thing that is done in your like yeah. your .config folder that I don't know why they even needed. So to prevent a whole bunch of people from being able to <laughs> get any of those features seems a little silly, particularly right. with the whole like slowing um, down Firefox. Well, it, it's, doing, what I'm saying yeah. is that two out of these three features are basically not really, you don't need that on which things, Canonical yeah. seems to have recognized because according to them, in Firefox 57, the add-on system is changing and you found out a little bit about that, right? Yeah, I think, but basically, yeah, they specifically aren't going to support anything that's legacy add-ons anymore. However, there are add-ons that say legacy that really aren't and have actually been updated. One of the main things in Firefox, well, one of the main things the new plugin system has 
is it has a permission system, mm -hmm. kind of like a sandbox kind of app. So, let's say your phone, whether it be Android and iOS yeah. or iOS, so you can see what permissions your your extensions or your add-ons want from you, mm -hmm. so that you can make sure that they're not like just accessing, getting full permission to your browser. Because I mean, even though a lot of the times they're open source and I trust someone else has gone through it, I still I still like the idea that I know exactly right. what there, information. All there are a lot of browser add-ons that the permission when you install them, the permission that you have to give is view and change all pages that you visit. Like, have you noticed that? Yeah. Where like every for example, a text highlighter when I was using to highlight yeah. articles text prior to losing all the ones. Yeah. It <laughs> requires like, that. Like AdBlock is an obvious one, but like HTTPS anywhere, like a lot of popular add-ons or useful add-ons just require the blanket see and change everything, which is you know having some more fine grained control of that would will be nice. And it's a little it's a little better with those because at least they're common and you kind of know and trust them. But like if you're installing one that only has a couple hundred users or something but you want that feature, I'd, I'd kind of feel better if I actually knew what exactly it was doing and what permissions only it had access to and restricting it to just the bare essentials that it needed. Yeah, so this Ubuntu modifications add-on is still legacy and Canonical's uh, employee Chris Coulson says they are not actually planning on porting the Ubuntu modifications add-on to the new system. Um, <laughs> what they're planning on doing is possibly creating an update restart prompt add-on. Uh, which would be nice because then even people who aren't using Ubuntu can install that, get a prompt when there's an update. Um, yeah. So yeah, or you know, get a prompt and after the things. Update. Really, the custom, the custom like bookmarks. Do that's not a thing that should an add-on yeah. be required for. As well as the different um, homepage. Right. Like those are things that should definitely. It's kind of a waste to slow everyone's system of the Firefox down for that mm -hmm. and. I mean, I ended up disabling it. Even though it's updated, it's still disabled in mine because I don't yeah. really see a point to it There's, yeah, other than that restart yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is interesting. But, yeah, if you're on uh, Ubuntu, um, yeah, one week later you can finally get the update that Arch got last week. So <laughs> good on all of you. Uh, so we've got another story about Ubuntu this week, Ubuntu 17.10. Richard, did you hear this week's 17.10 news? Another development. They are adding a trash can icon to the desktop. <laughs> you want to talk about it, or should I? I guess you can. All right. I didn't actually read that so article yet. So basically, does Ubuntu 7... Now, when you install Ubuntu, let me... I, I kind of want to pull your tweet up again. Does current Ubuntu have a trash can on the desktop? I honestly wouldn't remember. I know KDE does, but oh, that's just KDE doing that. So right now, 17.04 is the most recent version of Ubuntu. That does not yeah. have a trash can on the desktop. The reason why they're adding the trash can to the desktop now with this new Ubuntu is because current Ubuntu has it in the Unity dock, but there's no easy way to add a trash icon to the new Ubuntu dock because the new Ubuntu dock is only for applications. You can't pin folders to it. Um, and trash is a folder on Linux, so... Oh, that's unfortunate. So, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I mean, that's why this is happening. So, yeah, um, or maybe you could maybe you could put the trash there, but it wouldn't be the right icon. The fact of the matter is they said, well, we can't do this in the new Ubuntu dock, so we're going to put it on the desktop instead. And this also says to me they're going to have, I think we talked about already, GNOME by default, you can't even have icons on the desktop. So it's also kind of news that they're enabling icons on the desktop, but I think we already knew about that. Um, what do you think about desktop icons? Do you use icons on your desktop? Like, I usually prefer to not have them on it, but yeah. since I went back to KDE, I find it's kind of hard to not have them quite as much on your desktop anymore because it's not really got a dock style setup. Well, it's interesting that you say that because currently you installed KDE 
uh, you installed Kubuntu and it had desktop icons installed by default. Um, yeah. Enabled by default. So KDE yeah. for for a long time, uh, KDE you didn't have icons on the desktop. That was like within the last two releases that they made that uh, default okay. setting. I think there was a setting to add icons to the desktop, but even back in KDE 4.0 or 4.x, um, what you would have on KDE is a folder widget with the desktop folder preset. Um, and then in KDE 5, they got rid of the folder widget by default, but then you just had a blank desktop. And um, I've still got no icons. Like, I've got my, my KDE desktop here. And if you go to configure desktop, how you can tell is the layout. Um, here, I need to unlock my widgets. And the layout is either folder view, which yours is probably folder view if you can add an icon, or the classic desktop layout where you can put widgets on your desktop but not icons. Um, so I never, like I don't use desktop icons. You just went very robotic-y. Am I robotic-y for you? No, you're not, but OBS is frozen. I have never used desktop icons on KDE. I've never found the need for it. What do you use icons for, Richard? Um, not much, usually, because on my, I used... Back when my laptop was running elementary OS, it had a dock built in, so I never really used icons I mean, for that. In KDE, everything that I need access to, I put in my launcher on the bottom left. You've got the favorites in your launcher. I just put everything in there. Yeah. The only real thing is I actually usually have stuff on my desktop just from like when I'm trying to throw it on there to quickly move to something, and then I'm too lazy and end up deleting it. So the only reason I actually have anything on my desktop right now is because when I copied everything over from my previous install, the desktop got cluttered by it. Hmm. And what's interesting is KDE's, like, compared to Mate, KDE's, like, desktop icons are a lot bigger by default. By so default. I wanted to figure out how to change them. Mm -hmm. Also, I noticed, like, you have two different, each de each monitor has a different background, and you can set them. You have the option to have them be different backgrounds, yeah. Okay. So this is all kind of new to me, but... <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, KDE's got a lot of options. Else is GNOME on Ubuntu will have desktop icons and a trash can, and they're like pointing to the trash can in GNOME 2 that you used to have. Yeah. Oh, what they're saying is this is going to be the first time that Ubuntu's put a trash can and a shortcut on the desktop itself, because in Unity it was in the dock, in GNOME 2 it was an applet on the panel. So, yeah. Little trivia for you. Uh, this will be the first time that it's had, like, no, Windows has the recycle bin on the desktop, but yeah, that's that story. Here, our next story is KDE Application 17.08, officially out. You want to talk about it, Richard? Um, yeah, so I've not gotten to update to them yet, because mm -hmm. I'm using Ubuntu and they're a little behind. But basically, they've been in development since mid-July 2017, and um, there was both a beta and RC build that users could test. And um, so it's been a while. People have had some time to mess around with it and give feedback, I assume. Mm -hmm. And um, basically now they're trying to work out on rolling them out. I does not specifically mention if it'll be coming to Ubuntu 17.04. I assume it will be, hopefully. No, but... probably not. Okay. Yeah, because I really kind of want to update. Possibly. <laughs> the, like the latest of KD. Yeah. So um, they did mention in the article, they say it adds numerous features, and then they seem to mention... Um, the ability in Dolphin File Manager for display deletion time and creation time and trash. I feel like there's got to be some more significant things than that, but that is one of the things they added. Um, they did include that there's better support for Samba file shares, and they improved um, K-Algebra. Basically, they're also just talking about porting 
KDE application 1708 more such apps. Okay, so uh, they kind of born into KDE framework the, five. KDE framework five, yeah, yeah, into more of the apps. Because KDE five has been out for a long time now, and some of the apps are still built on frameworks four. Because some of these apps, like the K, yeah. K Gold Runner, it's an action game. Have you ever played it? No. It, it's a fun little game. It, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like you're running around trying to collect gold and avoid mummies. It, it's a fun little game, but there's no need to update that on a regular basis. So, mm -hmm. you know, KDE got updated to 5. This K Gold Runner game was still on KDE 4, KDE Frameworks 4. Um, so, yeah, there, there's people going back and porting some of these one off little fun apps. Uh, the K Sudoku puzzle game, uh, the Rubric puzzle game, the, you know, there's like a Rubric emulator. Um, there's also some more practical things like uh, the KDE screen magnifier has been updated to KDE Frameworks 5. So yeah, it's just generally good for them to update those things. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that they actually included that many kind of games and um, yeah. just kind of more small side things inside of KDE. Yeah, I mean, um, even like, like the... Environment, that's kind of cool. Like I said... Like, well, this, like to mention Conquest a Galactic Strategy game as well in it. And they mentioned their an IDE. Yeah, this too. is not the KDE desktop environment. This is this is oh, okay. this is KDE applications. So the desktop environment is called Plasma, and that's why they renamed it because the the scope of the KDE project has gotten so much bigger. Plasma is the desktop environment. This is KDE applications. So like I said, it mentions various improvements were added to the Kden Live Video Editor, uh, the Console Terminal uh, okay. Emulator, the Contact. So these aren't all obviously included in your desktop environment by default. No, they're not. If you're on Arch and you install okay. KDE, if you install Plasma on Arch, you get Plasma with nothing, no applications pre-installed. You got like your system settings and that's it. Uh, since you're on Kubuntu, it pre-installs all this stuff. But on Arch, like there's a separate KDE applications meta package, or you can just pick and choose the KDE applications you want. Um, but financially, they're all connected and like developer, like they're all hosted on the same servers. So that's how they're all mm -hmm. connected, really. But yeah, um, they're made to work yeah, best with example, each other. But like, no. One... I just searched in K Gold um, Runner and um, the Conquest Galactic strategy game. They mentioned neither of which are included by default in Kubuntu. So. Yeah. So it's like some of the stuff isn't even installed by default in Kubuntu, but they're all they're all made by the KDE people. So yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I really like how KDE's got such a broad scope. Gnome used to do that too. There used to be Gnome games. They kind of got rid of the those a little bit ago, but yeah, or they disbanded. I do feel like I remember when, like, when I first started getting into Linux, like, three, four, that was more like five or six years ago, actually, when I first used Linux, mm -hmm. but I do remember there being, like, a fair amount of games just included, because yeah. that was Gnome, I think. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know really what Gnome was or what I was doing exactly, yeah. but I do remember seeing a bunch of games included, because that was, like, Ubuntu 10 or 11, yeah. was a lot, so it was, like, 2010 or 2011. Gnome ended up saying this is outside of the scope of the desktop environment, so the games are still being developed, but they're no longer part of the Gnome project, whereas KDE solved the same problem by splitting off their desktop environment into Plasma, um, and then now they can just call everything else KDE and not have it be as confusing, although there is still some confusion. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, if you're using KDE on a rolling release distribution, you should be getting these soon. I don't think that I've got this yet. Uh, actually, no, I checked yesterday. I don't have 17.08 on Arch yet. I'll probably get it like tomorrow, uh, because this was only just yesterday, uh, Friday the 18th, that they were officially released. So yeah, Arch will probably get them either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, if you're on Kubuntu, I don't think Kubuntu would get it, um, but they'll definitely be in 17.10 and then KDE Neon will obviously get it because that is rolling release. So yeah. 
Um, our next story is Ubuntu Mate. Um, okay, well, this was an interesting story. So I just read through this. I thought it was interesting. This is an example of how open source works, generally. Um, and then Softpedia decided this was newsworthy enough to make an article about it. <laughs> Did you read through the one about the Ubuntu Mate uh, critical bug that was fixed? No, I read your brief description uh, at the top so that yeah, I found humorous. So. There was a bug present in uh, GFVS, GNOME Virtual File System. And basically what happened was um, the developers behind Ubuntu Mate, which are led by Martin Wimpress, they discovered a critical bug, they fixed the bug, and then they needed people to test the bug fix. So this news article is about how users read the bug report, saw that there was a bug patch that needed to be tested, and they tested that patch and then reported to the developers whether or not the patch was working. Yeah, which is so, pretty much what's supposed to happen. And kind of that is the intended route for these things to take, yes. Yeah. So that was why I thought it was funny that they, they wrote an article about it. But it's nice if you want to go onto the ubuntumate.community website. That's an interesting domain name. <laughs> um, and yeah, if they, they have all the people reporting, oh, I tested this, uh, no issue, tested it, it worked. Uh, so it sounds like the bug worked, but yeah. Um, that is how open source works generally is the you know you've got developers talking to users whereas if this was in Microsoft and Microsoft had discovered a problem in Windows Explorer it would have been employees testing this behind closed doors yeah um, so yeah that was nice go community um, next story is a small one gnome just turned 20 years old first stable release of gnome was released in 1999 um, so yeah and on August 15th it turned 20 years old that's uh, Quite a long time. So, uh, August 15, 1997 was the day that Gnome was founded. What do you think about that? So, it's now officially as old as me. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, the Gnome project was founded uh, by Miguel de Icaza uh, and Federico Mena Quintero. Uh, those I probably butchered the names, but they wanted to create an alternative desktop to KDE and some of their projects. <laughs> And now, GNOME is the primary desktop, and KDE's justification for existing is being an alternative. Um, so yeah, yeah, GNOME has obviously been very successful, and they've changed massively um, in recent years. But yeah, they've had 33 stable releases total, if you include all the point releases. And yeah, the latest one is 3.24. It's the default in Fedora, going to be the default in Ubuntu. It's an option for the default in OpenSUSE, even though OpenSUSE is more associated with KDE. And yeah, um, yeah. any other thoughts about that? Not a whole lot. All right. Uh, but I guess it's kind of cool, you... and it was nice the article kind of included some history as well. Yeah. Kind if... of giving the background, if particularly you... since I hadn't known that. If you want to attend a 20th birthday party, a gnome birthday party <laughs> event, there is a page on wiki.gnome.org, and let's see here if we got one. North America. Oh, looks like there's one in Chicago um, that was yesterday and today. Darn. All right, well, we missed that, Richard. Um, that's probably the only one I could have made it to. There's one in Portland, one in uh, California. I'm not seeing a link in the article from it. Um, it's in the second to last paragraph. Oh, I see. But, yeah, boy, I was expecting there to be a lot more than those because, you know, like when Fedora gets a release, there are Fedora parties you can throw. Um, if I had known about this, like, last week, we could have organized one, Richard. 
Uh, one of us could have organized one, or we yeah. both could have organized our own, because this is on the wiki, so I assume if you log in, then you can go ahead and add your own party, but... Um, yeah, there's nothing really on the East Coast at all. Yeah, nothing. The closest we have is Chicago. But yeah, there's there's Gnome. Happy 20th Gnome from two KDE users. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, also worth mentioning, Debian just turned 24, but we'll cover that next year when it's 25 as a full story. Uh, you wanna? Did you read through the article about XFCE? No. Okay. Um, so XFCE4 panel was just released and is another step toward the eventual XFCE 4.14. The current version is 4.13.1. And XFCE is still running behind schedule, but the story for this for me was that it's still being developed. Progress is still being made on XFCE. Have you ever used it? Um, no, I have not. Alright. I've used it um, back when I... I've never used it on this computer. Don't think... I might have used it like once or twice on my desktop. Um, I definitely used it quite a bit when, when I had my older laptop. Um, and I know I've set like my parents up on XFCE before. My dad really liked it. Um, XFCE is a lightweight desktop environment. It's GTK based. And right now, the big issue is that it's still on GTK 2. And how long has GTK 3 been out now? I don't know. Probably a long time. Quite, quite a while. It's been some years. Um, since. Oh, I think I actually have used this. Okay. Lubuntu? Have... Does Lubuntu have it? No, that's LXD. Oh, okay. This is uh, Xubuntu or Zubuntu. Yeah, XFCE comes with a panel and a, a dock uh, by default, I think. It's got some nice application launchers. Um, it's possible to set it up really similar to Windows XP, but it's got a really nice searchable application launcher. It's great if you're looking for a lightweight environment. But yeah, uh, GTK3 has probably been out for five years at least, and XFCE is still on GTK2, and for a while it was looking like it might go away. Um, but we've had some people coming back and developing on XFCE again, and yeah, they're working on porting it to GTK3. Now the issue is GTK4 is only like a couple years out at this point. So then it's like a race. Is XFCE going to update to 3 before <laughs> GTK updates to 4? Because if they don't, then it's like they're running so far behind, they're kind of becoming less and less viable as a desktop yeah. environment. But. Um, they're still I mean, maybe they should just wait. <laughs> like, at this point, yeah. just wait till it's released and then do a big update. Well, yeah, you could make that argument, but, I mean... Just skip it. Yeah. Just skip three and it's go right to four. Four's not out yet, though. And it's not like tomorrow it's coming out. Like, it's still going to be a little while. So, I think it would be great if they went ahead and ported it. Um, but, yeah, they're working on it. So, check that out if you're an XFCE user. And here's a story. Did you read the one about NVIDIA and EGL streams. No. All right. I read your description. Yeah. <laughs> Theme here happening. Um, so yeah. basically what happened with this one was... I read the ones I highlighted. Yeah. Last week I, I mentioned a little better in a previous story I've mentioned how um, right now if you're an NVIDIA graphics card user you can only use Wayland and KDE Plasma if you're using the open source graphics drivers. And the reason is because um, so when Wayland was being developed, the developers said, alright, here is what we need to make your graphics card work on Wayland. And they sent those specifications to the graphics card manufacturers to put in their drivers, and the open source driver people to put in their drivers, and NVIDIA didn't put the tools that the developers wanted into the proprietary NVIDIA driver. Instead, they put another tool in called EGL Streams. And the KDE folks specifically said, 
we're never using EGL streams. So NVIDIA is not going to be supported if you're using the proprietary driver on Plasma, period. And Which is unfortunate because I'm just currently using because otherwise it's not stable. <laughs> very unfortunate. Um, it's not just unstable when you're using the open source driver. It's also much slower um, in, in my personal experience. So yeah, GNOME on the other hand, they are implementing EGL streams so that you can use NVIDIA proprietary on GNOME. So yeah, they're working on that. And basically, NVIDIA actually had a couple of the NVIDIA developers speaking with some of the Fedora developers to get this working on Fedora. So you can use um, on a Fedora version, actually, I don't know if they've released it yet because this is still development builds, but yeah, you can read it on uh, GNOME developer Christian Shaler's blog. I think we've read some of his blog posts on the show before. But yeah, they talked about, or they talked to some NVIDIA developers. They've got a copper repository, so if you're on Fedora, you can add this copper repository, and then, uh, yeah, use Wayland if you want to make that jump earlier than you probably should. So, yeah. Well, hey, we always need testers, so. We do, we do, yeah. Uh, that was our last story for this week, and that was a pretty short show. Took us a while to get yeah. going. Uh, but, you know, the shorter... Well, we've been going for 41 minutes. That's not super short. We've been even shorter once we cut out the issue earlier. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, shorter shows tend to do better on YouTube anyway. So, hey, if you liked the show and you want to support uh, this show and other shows like it, go to nerdclub.nots.co. It'll take you to a page where you can pay us $3 a month um, for the time and effort we put into these videos. And uh, we've got video back this week. Next week, Richard might not have video, but... Uh, we will have highlighted articles next week, so, you know... Yeah, you, you, you and take, hopefully I'll read some, all of them beforehand. Some. Yeah, that would be great, that would be great. Um, so, yeah, that is everything. I forgot one story, one very big story, actually. We have a very last surprise story, guys, um, and this was this was what I was excited oh, about, yeah. Richard. I sent it in our chat back on Monday, Quapzilla, uh, which we talked about on the show. Did I talk about that with you? Um, yes. Yeah, we talked about how Quapzilla was a really nice QT web browser. Well, and I said, man, it's a shame it's not KDE-specific. Like, I said that in that show, didn't I? Or something yeah. like that. Um, so Quapzilla is actually going to be moving under the KDE project umbrella. It will be replacing Conquer as KDE's default uh, official web browser. And it is going to be getting a new name as well, which, of course, ONG Ubuntu likes to make articles about names and logos rather than the actual <laughs> underlying technology. But, yeah, they're looking the important for... important things here. Yeah, they're, they're looking for a new name. Um, now, like, two of these, I know it's not going to be called Cube or Ion because they don't have K in it. If you suggest any names, they have to include K because it's a KDE application. You know, <laughs> keep up. This is simple stuff in KDE, but, yeah. Um, very interesting, and I like Quebzilla. Um, I think it could use one or two features, like an inspect element feature and possibly an extensions thing that's a little more extensible. But, yeah. I mean, they were the one that had the session management system, right? Yeah, they did have the session manager. So, yeah. Which was kind of cool. If they that could certainly implement... Unique browser have. Gnome's web browser has Firefox Sync built in. If if KDE builds Firefox Sync into Quebzilla, I'll switch. Uh, probably uh, because even even though Firefox is getting a lot better, because um, I then I could still use Firefox on my phone, but I could use Quapzilla on my KDE desktop. I could use Firefox on other desktops. That would be great. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Anything is possible now since they're joining the KDE project. I was excited to hear that, 
And that is our last story for this week. Hey, Richard, uh, if anyone wants to find more of you throughout the week, where can they go? Glorif22 on Twitter or richesprojects.net, which is my um, blog and just general site. Mm-hmm. And I'm Jacob GKAU on Twitter, and you can find me at nerdindustry.com along with our other videos. So, yeah, that's everything for this week. Keep using Linux, everyone. I'm Jacob Kaufman. And I'm Richard Bimmer. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.